Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, and today we're talking the final 53, the initial 53-man roster as we sit here in late August, just a day after the Burgundy and Gold made their cutdowns to the final 53 and the 16-man practice squad. We're going to go through offense, defense, special teams, and look at a few of the guys on the practice squad that we saw show out this preseason, this didn't do enough to make the final 53. And of course, it starts on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on each positional group. There's no surprises. There's no surprises. And that starts at quarterback. The two guys that are going to be on the 53, QB1, QB2. That is Sam Howell, and that is Jacoby Brissett. Jake Fromm, look, we'll talk about him later. But... Sam and Jacoby, QB1, QB2, heading into the fall. That's how it's going to be for, knock on wood, hopefully a majority of the campaign. At running back, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, and Antonio Gibson. No Jarrett Patterson. No Jonathan Williams. Those guys are gone. Derek Gore, again, another guy we'll talk about later. But it is going to be those three guys. We saw a lot of the work in the preseason with Brian Robinson. He's going to be the bell cow. We saw him a lot in space. We saw the violence that Chris Rodriguez has behind his pads. And of course, Antonio is going to get carries and be a flex weapon. Just really be that matchup nightmare for defenses. So just right now with quarterbacks and running backs, you got five guys. You got Sam, Jacoby, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, and Antonio Gibson. At receiver, this is where we start to get a little fun, right? With Jahan Dotson, De'Ami Brown, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, four guys that we knew were going to be on the roster locks, right? Those were locks. But behind them, Dax Milne is on the 53, Byron Pringle, as well as number 86, UDFA from Penn State, former Western Kentucky transfer. Six catches, 129 yards, a touchdown in the preseason. That is Mitchell Tinsley. First off, a tip of the cap to Mitchell Tinsley. I sent a tweet out yesterday on Twitter looking at Mitchell Tinsley's timeline over the spring and the summer to where he was a guy that was extremely unheralded out of Penn State. A year after Jahan Dotson was there, a lot of the focus was on the quarterback situation with Sean Clifford, their backfield with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen and Olu Fashanu, an offensive lineman that you guys need to know moving into this year's class, who most likely will be a top five to six pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Mitchell Tinsley just flew into the radar with Parker Washington as well on the outside that went to Jacksonville in this year's draft. So... He's just someone that flew under the radar and just had to bring his lunch pail every single day to work and didn't get any invites to the big two preseason draft showcases in the Senior Bowl or the Shrine Bowl, went out to the NFL PA Bowl out in Los Angeles and dominated the entire week, earned a late invite to Shrine, was the most dominant athlete and receiver there, just working every single corner that was there, a step up in talent from NFL PA. Then he goes into the draft process and doesn't hear his name on day one, day two, or day three. Comes into Washington as a guy that they just want to take a flyer on with, obviously, connections at Penn State with taking Jahan on day one last year. 
And he showcases extremely well, able to separate at every single depth, the ability in games to rise up above corners, catch the ball away from his frame, make catches inside a phone booth, block on the outside if he has to, and of course, you'll, the best thing is, is to create separation. That is the name of the game. No, Kaz Allen is, did not make the 53. He is on the practice squad. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But to see Mitchell Tinsley's name here alongside guys like Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, not going to say he's going to be active on game days as of now, but if this injury for Terry McLaurin with the turf toe continues to linger, knock on wood that it doesn't, Mitchell Tinsley, one of these guys at the back end of this roster, because they did keep seven receivers, they're going to get an opportunity. I've talked about Mitchell Tinsley's game for a while. I talked about him following the draft when Washington brought him in as far as somebody that will compete for this 53. I'm glad to see that Mitchell Tinsley didn't make me look like a fool. <laughs> Speaking on this podcast, didn't make me look like a fool. He made me look good. He's a heck of a ball player. He can compete and produce. I didn't care that he was someone that was undrafted. A ball player is a ball player, and that's exactly what Mitchell Tinsley is, and I'm excited for him to get an opportunity working in this final 53-man roster. The tight ends, four guys, Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, John Bates, and Curtis Hodges made the final 53. Um, look, the tight ends group just still, it, it just doesn't move the needle for me at all. Uh, remains to be seen what Logan Thomas's health looks like. As of right now, it looks like, hey, we're going to show up week one and he's going to be out there. Uh, Cole Turner, John Bates, your tight end two, tight end three right now. Curtis, I don't know how long he lasts on the 53. I don't know if he's someone that they may make a move um, to bring potentially somebody in and get rid of him. We will see. Um, just a big body, got some athletic intangibles, but just really unrefined as, as a blocker and just as a football player. You're not going to ask him right now to go out and be someone to holster three to five targets a game for you and be a further extension of the offensive line as a blocker. Um, this shows me really keeping four tight ends that they were 100% going to keep a guy like Armani Rogers who deserved to be here. Um, I've told you guys a lot that he was the most athletic and is currently still the most athletically gifted tight end in Washington's tight ends room. Um, but, you know, the non-contact Achilles injury is going to sideline him for the entire 2023 campaign. Hopefully we see him moving into 2024 in full strength. But keeping four tight ends tells me a lot about you know, how they've thought about this tight ends group and where they need to see more from. And if anything, keeping Curtis Hodges as that fourth tight end may say that, look, Logan Thomas may not be ready. Um, but in that same token... There was another tight end that got waived from the Miami Dolphins yesterday by the name of Elijah Higgins, who they took on day three out of Stanford. Really athletic kid. He worked at tight end, that H-back role, and at receiver down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, really, I was really impressed by Elijah Higgins. He went claim. He actually got claimed by the. Make sure I'm checking my notes here correctly. Yeah, he was claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. So we may see him in week one at FedEx Field. Just a really versatile player. I've, I've mentioned that the tight end spot is just a matchup nightmare. You have to win matchups over slower linebackers and smaller safeties. Washington just doesn't have that matchup nightmare right now in their room. They got a lot of bigger guys, specifically in, in Cole Turner and Logan Thomas. Curtis Hodges is a big boy, but I just don't expect him to suit up. Um, so yeah, Logan... And Cole, they're, they're big bodies. They're kind of guys that will play inside a phone booth and box out a guy and rise above the rim if they have to. But you got to be able to separate in certain portions of this offense to where it's not just a five-yard dig or third and four and you're just rising up over somebody. 
four yards ahead of the line of scrimmage and you're turning forward and falling and you're, you're getting six yards. I need someone to stretch that 10 to 15-yard area of the offense for Sam Howell to get the ball in their hands and be athletic. That's where Armani Rodgers would have come in. That's where Antonio Gibson really comes in. And of course, the names on the outside and a reason why they did keep seven receivers. So I'm really happy. Going back to the receivers real quick, I didn't talk about Byron Pringle as much as I wanted to. Um, I'm happy he made the roster. His skill set is a little bit repetitive with Curtis Samuel. Curtis is a much better pure receiver, um, stronger after contact, more physical at the catch point as well, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. But relationships matter in football. Byron Pringle from, from Kansas City, coming over to Washington, special teams pop. He's probably going to compete right away with Dax Milne for that kick return, punt return role. Um, we're not going to see Kaz Allen back there. Again, he's on the practice squad. So those are going to be the two guys to fight for, again, those, those teams reps. And of course, as that wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. So from there, let's get to the big boys up front, the offensive line, Ricky Stromberg, Nick Gates, Andrew Wiley, Charles Leno, Trent Scott, guy they brought over from Pittsburgh this offseason, Chris Paul, second-year man out of Tulsa. Sam Cosme is your starting right guard. Sadiq Charles and your swing tackle. One of the best in football, really, in Cornelius Lucas. Really no surprises here. A lot of guys on the practice squad are familiar names, like Alex Akingbalu and guys like uh, Nolan Laufenberg. But biggest story here was with Braden Daniels, rookie out of Utah, rotator cuff injury. He's actually going to be out for the entire year. So we're not going to see him at all until 2024, where he's going to be working into year two in the pros. And, you know, you want rookies to come in right away, especially an early day three pick like that, because Washington's going to re rely a lot on their day one, day two, day three picks, even later portions of day three. You're getting into your KJ Henry's, your Chris Rodriguez's, and your Andre Jones's of the world. All those guys made the roster, which is a good thing. Because you like the guys you drafted and they showed up in camp. There are a ton of guys around football that were draft picks that did not make the initial roster for their teams. And now they're on other teams if they were claimed. But this, you know, this offensive line group with Braden Daniels, I would have liked to have seen him. You know, he's played a tackle and some guard this offseason, but we will not see him at all for the entirety of the 2023 campaign. Um, Trent Scott really, you know, along this offensive line group, really didn't do anything in the offseason to impress at all um but money talks in the nfl and if you spend money on a guy to come in then you like him your pro scouts like him for a purpose to come in and give him money and to, to be that depth option i just don't see him getting any snaps over cornelius lucas excuse me as that swing tackle right away um and i would even i would say that cornelius is, could even play some guard for you if you have to uh, good to see chris paul in the roster he deserves it ricky stromberg in the middle is that rotational guy behind nick gates then you're starting tackles, of course, with Charles Leno and Andrew Wiley. Still got questions at left guard. Is it going to be Sadiq Charles? Is it going to be Chris Paul? Who is going to be the left guard? Moving into not just week one, week two, week three, but as we move into weeks 10, 12, 13, when they start to get to crunch time and Washington hopefully, potentially, is fighting maybe not just for a division title, excuse me, not just a wild card spot, but potentially a division title. Because um, we know over the years, and you hear it every single year, has how up in the air the NFC is. Haven't had a repeat champion since in the early 2000s. So that is the offense. Going to hop over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I want to do something different. I don't want to start with the trenches and go back. I want to start actually at the secondary and move down. And that starts with the safeties. Quan Martin, Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, 
Percy Butler, and Jeremy Reeves. All pro Jeremy Reeves from last year. No surprises here. There, there were a lot of rotational safeties um, that got an opportunity in, in the games, in the preseason, of course, the three games against the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. But really no surprises there. Quan Martin's going to be your guy that played the slot, play that low hole. He can roll back. Um, I expect him to get a lot of special teams work. Absolutely. Um, he deserves special teams reps, even though he's going to be on defense a lot. People are going to have to do it. You know, if you, Unless you're a CB1, you're, you're your top linebackers, you're your edge guys, your top receivers, you're going to have to play special teams. It's just the bottom line. So I expect Quan to do that a little bit this year. Really excited, of course, for Forbes. Fuller, St. Juice, that's really the top three corners um, as we move down. Christian Holmes, Danny Johnson. Look, Christian Holmes in this group, I'm really excited uh, for Christian. Um, he is someone that deserved to be on this roster, showed up all preseason long and in training camp as well, made a lot of plays. That Cleveland game, he was fantastic and really the first look that we saw of the second-year guys in game action um, this preseason. So he absolutely deserves to be on this roster. Is he the... Last cornerback on the depth chart, probably, right? He's not playing over Forbes, St. Just, Fuller, or Danny Johnson for me right now from a static coverage perspective, but he is going to be a core special teamer for this roster and good for him because he deserves to be on this roster. He's someone that is long, he's strong, he's built, and he can play both man and zone for you in a pinch. So good for Christian Holmes to make crack this final 53. Take a step down. This is another group that a lot of question marks again moving into this year. Three, four linebackers, excuse me, made the roster. Khalid Hudson, David Mayo, Jamin Davis, and Cody Barton. Those last two in Davis and Barton are most likely going to be those base linebackers. Um, we will see exactly how, how Jack Del Rio deploys these backers. Um, I expect to see a lot of Khalid Hudson this year working high and low. Um, not afraid to cover guys, running backs, tight ends. And he's not afraid to set the edge and stick his face in the mud in the run game. David Mayo is that John Bostick type that we've seen, that Mason Foster type, bigger, bulkier, throwback style of linebacker that understands the system, good in meeting rooms, can help out. The younger guys are going to be in, you know, getting more snaps, right? I mean, Jamin is in year three. Cody is really, this is his first year of big time reps. And Kalik is working into a bigger role as well. So having a guy like David Mayo, again, that understands the system and understand what Jack Del Rio wants from his linebackers, whether he's on the field or not. Um, it seems like number 51 every single year finds his way onto the field to where he's starting a handful of games uh, moving into to 2023. But he's just like a cockroach. You can't get rid of him and he's around and he's on the final 53 again. So, but again, looking at this group, these linebackers, um, Kelly Hudson, Jamin Davis and Cody Barton are really the ones that stand out to me as far as guys you're going to see a lot in 2023. Uh, we'll start with the big boys in the interior, and then we'll go to the edge guys. Four D tackles, John Ridgeway. You guys know the names, and John Allen, Deron Payne, and big Phil Mathis working in to really his red shirt freshman year. Um, obviously, had that nasty knee injury last year in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars and missed the entirety of his rookie campaign. I'm excited to see big number 98 um, working next to guys like John and Chase and Montez and Duran. I mean, this the names go on and on. Even a guy that he's been competing with in practice for snaps in John Ridgeway that really had a hell of a first year coming over from Dallas after the Cowboys drafted him and waived him last year as a day three pick. So there, there's not going to be just, you know, you're a second round pick out of Alabama. You're just going to play because of the logistics that have followed you here and where we drafted you and where you went to college. 
Guys have produced. Guys have shown up. John Ridgeway's got a full year under his belt of what he can do in game action at the NFL level. We have not seen that yet from Phil Mathis. But another big body. Got a lot of sack, produ- sack production. He nearly totaled 10 sacks his last year at Alabama from the interior. You know, those... Those old days of those static A and B gap run cloggers are gone. You have to be able to push the pocket. And you look at last year with Deron and John and just how dominant that they were pushing the the A and B gaps at one tech and three tech. They're just fantastic. And you can never have enough guys to understand how to push the pocket and never have enough guys to understand how to stack and shed those centers and guards, get off their blocks and wrangle guys down at the line of scrimmage, not five yards down the field and not getting blown off the football. So... Final group before we get to the specialists, defensive ends. And this is, a, this is a heck of a group, guys. This is a heck of a group. Andre Jones, seventh rounder out of Louisiana Lafayette. KJ Henry, another day three pick out of Clemson. Montez Sweat, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams. Both those guys made the roster. F.A. Obata and, of course, Chase Young. Your starters are Chase and Montez. We all know that. That's old news. But who's going to be behind them right away? It's going to be guys like F.A. Obata, Casey Tuhill, and James Smith-Williams. Those are immediately, in my opinion, that next two or three to get those next reps because they've been in the building. They've had regular season snaps in Washington. But then you got guys behind them that are going to push them. And Andre Jones and KJ Henry, two rookies, youth-infused rookies, athletic, powerful defensive linemen that showed up in the preseason. KJ led all Washington defenders and pressures. Andre Jones talked about him the last few podcasts as far as he's made a ton of pop plays, not just in games, but in practices, joint practice with Baltimore. The guy's just everywhere. And there's not a lot of seventh-round picks in football that made their team in the final 53. Usually, they go to the practice squad, they get waived, something happens. You have to show up. And as deep a group that this was, with, of course, the headliners and Montez and Chase at the top, and the veterans that were in front of guy like Andre Jones, for him to come in and show up and produce every damn day, it's not easy. The NFL as a whole, just to make the 53, no matter where you're picked or how long you can stay under a roster, it's just not easy. But for him to come in as a late, late day three pick out of the Sun Belt, not someone coming in from a huge Power 5 program, to bust your tail every day and prove to the coaches, I can play ball with these guys at the highest level of the game and one of the most talented defensive lines as a whole that the NFL is going to have to offer this year you can't help but root for a guy like that. So both the rookies, really, Andre Jones, KJ Henry are going to get better every single day working with the star-studded talent and the depth of the veterans that Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera decided to keep on this roster. And of course, your specialist, just punter, kicker, long snapper, hasn't changed. Tressway is your punter. Joey Sly and Cameron Cheeseman is your long snapper. So that is the Washington Commanders' initial 53-man roster. We're going to look at a couple guys on the practice squad. I mentioned Kaz Allen, um, someone that's going to get a lot of work every single day and barring any injury. Um, you know, he could step in and be that weapon X and provide some special teams pop. Obviously, the the fumble against the Bengals in the last game, the muff punt, um, didn't help him. But it's just, look, seven receivers, he's that eighth guy. That It was between Mitchell Tinsley and Dax, and Dax Milne, excuse me and Kaz Allen. So Kaz and the practice squad and those other two guys were able to make the roster. Um, Alex Arma was an interesting topic of conversation these last few days um, for the scouts in in Washington making decisions just because of his versatility at tight end and fullback. We know how much that that position is important, right, to Eric Biennemi's offense, the architecture. They kept four tight ends. 
We'll see how they're utilized. Um, he's going to be on the practice squad, so he's just a call up away. If someone's not producing and someone maybe goes down, we will see with Logan Thomas's little nick up that he's been dealing with the last few weeks. Haven't seen him at all really in practice and haven't seen him in any preseason games. We've dealt with it in the past with Logan and, and really his lower half with injuries. We'll see how he shows up. But Alex Arma is right there as that H-back fullback, kind of a bigger, more Y-dominant tight end as a blocker instead of that flex weapon. But he's right there in the practice squad for you. Uh, as we move down the line, William Bradley King, former seventh-round pick out of Baylor. He spent a lot of time the last few years bouncing between the 53 and the practice squad. It wouldn't shock me at all as we move into the later portions of the season that that uh, that WBK it, it makes it on to the roster, the active game day roster, just because injuries do happen and just knock on wood to who and to how long. Um, Mason Brooks, the guard from Ole Miss, formerly Western Kentucky transfer, is really where he made his money. On the practice squad, glad they kept him. He looked really good in uh, the two preseason games that he played. Just guard tackle versatility uh, along the front five. So he will be on the practice squad. Tariq Castro Fields, we've seen in the 53. Former guy out of Penn State last year that came over. Um, got a lot of work to do just as a pure cover corner to ever really crack the 53 and someone that I expect to earn a lot of snaps. Um, we saw it last year with the injuries that piled up within the secondary. And for him to show up and play, I mean, tip of the cap for him. It's not easy to do that. But if he's on the practice squad, in my opinion, I think that's where he belongs right now. Just someone that to develop, right? I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve to be under contract. I'm not saying that. Um, it's hard to be in the NFL. You're in the NFL, you're a hell of a ball player. I'm not, I'm not, don't misconstrue me there. But he needs development as a cover corner, especially in this league. Um, and Washington's going to be deploying more man coverage this year. Just working with the receivers that Washington has uh, on their roster every day will only help Tariq Castro Fields. Jake Fromm is that, that third quarterback. He's on the practice squad. Glad to see he's back. He showcased well in the preseason. Derek Gore, another running back on the roster. Um, and as far as other notable names, I, I liked what I saw from Bryson Tremaine, receiver out of Stanford, uh, a couple times this preseason, just making catches over the middle of the field, sure hands. Not a dynamic athlete at all, but just understanding the nuances of when to sit routes in zone, uh, understanding how to separate on those third and threes, third and fours a couple times we saw against the Ravens. Um, did a nice job. So happy for Bryson Tremaine to see his name on the practice squad as well. So, oh, and as we sit here, ladies and gentlemen, some live news coming in and text from a scout in Washington. Jabril Cox, former pick of the Dallas Cowboys, North Dakota State, transferred to LSU, linebacker, safety, hybrid, uh, has been added to the practice squad in, in D.C. So, uh, like the ad, really, first thoughts. Um, really, guys are getting my first thoughts off the jump here. Um, good. Uh, I just talked about the linebacker spot, um, how a lot of guys are those hybrid positions, play high, play low, cover. Um, Jabril Cox suffered the torn ACL in, in 2021 that really put a damper on his snaps, really his path to snaps ever in um, in Dallas, um, they thought that he was going to be really that Jalen Smith almost replacement for the Cowboys. Um, again, play those multiple levels. Um, really happy. I really like this addition. Um, again, the ACL was two years ago. He is someone that can flat out play ball. Um, when, even watching him at North Dakota State, his biggest transition when he went to LSU was the speed of the game. And he just picked it up immediately, went down to the senior bowl, and was dominant down there. Just a really fun player, and I can't say it enough how much Jack Del Rio loves those hybrid guys. Um, his skill set is a lot like Khalid Hudson. 
Um, he's not as quick laterally and as good in coverage uh, as the ball skills of a guy like Derek Forrest, but he's not overwhelmingly heavy. Again, I'm doing all this live, guys. Uh, he's about yeah, he's 6'3", 233, um, fourth rounder back in 2021. Ran low four, low four five forty. I know that. I know that for a fact. Low four five runner. I remember him running. He was just, just a really smooth moving athlete. So again, Jabril Cox, former Dallas Cowboy, uh, the team did it last year with John Ridgeway, um, getting him from the from the Dallas Cowboys as a former day three prick. Now Jabril Cox coming into Washington co- to compete for snaps at the second level. So good on Washington. Good on Martin Mayhew. Good on the pro scouts uh, for continuing to dive into the guys that. Uh, did not make 53s. So again, Jabril Cox coming in and now the newest member of the Burgundy Gold to join the practice squad. So, but that is everybody. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, that is the 53 and names to know on the practice squad with another name now. Uh, This is a fluid list, right? We know things are changing by the minute, literally. Um, You guys got my live reaction here with Jabril Cox joining the commander's practice squad. So, I will have an episode out for you guys moving into next week. Uh, An episode out on Thursday as of now, Friday the latest. We are moving into week one next week. So I'll have a full preview. Everything, all the nuts and bolts of the Arizona Cardinals. What makes them who they are. From Jonathan Gannon, newly minted head coach, all the way down to the rookies that they drafted this year. What makes them who they are? We're going to dive into their rookies, right? Offense, defense, who's going to have to play? We're going to see a lot of Paris Johnson, their first round pick this year on that front five. It's going to be an excellent test for him against the veterans up front that Washington has. We are going to dive into every single positional group and every single matchup for Washington to take advantage of in week one. Again, September 10th, one o'clock is kickoff. I will have an episode out for you guys next week planning on thursday but on the the latest on friday to get you primed for week three of college football with week one really last week but everyone's starting to play this week so week three next saturday of college football and week one of the nfl washington commanders arizona cardinals i can't believe we're already getting into game previews ladies and gentlemen i'm stoked the team is out of practice today with their with their initial 53 we are getting ready to go ready to suit up and welcome the Cardinals into town. So that is going to do it for today's episode. But before we get out of here, just a quick little news for you guys. I am no longer a member of the Draft Network. I recently joined Bleacher Report. So you can find all of my work at BR and BleacherReport.com, the NFL section, the NFL news. Continuing moving into the year. We're going to have get going with college football. We have scouting stuff moving into the spring. So I am now a member of Bleacher Report. And... You guys know Bleach Report. Make sure you tune into there. A lot of great stuff from our team over there in all aspects, not just the NFL, but all the major four sports, including soccer, anything you want. Of course, you can always tune into Bleach Report. I have an article coming out later this week where I was tasked with making a full roster, two teams, 53-man rosters, one with the approach of expensive quarterback under center and the not-so-expensive, cheap alternative under center. That piece is coming out on Friday. Really had fun with it. 106 guys on the roster diving into with salary cap limits and some Washington commanders on each of those rosters. Sam Howell, Derek Forrest, a couple other guys within those rosters. So really fun experiment. You guys can find that on Bleach Report publishing, publishing Excuse me, this Friday. So as always, appreciate you guys. As always, I am Ryan Fowler. 
I'll talk to you next week, later portions of next week for a preview of the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, always appreciate your likes, your reviews, your subscribes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you don't follow me already on Twitter, I am at underscore Ryan Fowler. So I will talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys. This is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.